Hey there, literary fans, and welcome to episode 22 of Jeff Reads His Book. I'm your host, Jeff, and today we're going to have a little retrospective of Bringing Balance, a book I wrote in a month. So if you want to contact me, you can head on over to my website, jeffreadshisbook.com, and there's three ways to get in touch with me there, and we can talk about that at the end or something. Anyway, uh, today is a retrospective. We finished the book last week, and so we brought on a special guest to go over the book. Uh, so why don't I introduce Glenn? Glenn, hello. Hello, how are you? Very good, very good. Uh, some of you might have heard Glenn is one of three people to have read this book who didn't write it. <laughs> yes, and I brought my paper copy with me. <laughs> He so does possess I one of the five copies. Go. Yes, of course you do. I, I would expect nothing less. <laughs> so, what do you think of this book, having read this? It is a... <laughs> well, so, probably the best thing I can say is that after reading this book, I was inspired to try to write my own book because I thought, <laughs> if this is the expectation coming out of you know, the National Novel Writing Month, I think I might be able to do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just have to... Yeah. It's all about putting words on the page. It yes. doesn't have to make I, sense. I learned that. <laughs> and actually, one of the things I was really frustrated with was all your opportunities to elaborate on what the stew is like <laughs> in this book really could have padded the number of words that were in I it. know. I should have probably described meals a little better. Mm -hmm. There was a lot of confusion with sandwiches and whether they were magical or not. So I think that could have been addressed a little bit more. Yes, the type of bread, yep. the type of meat. I mean, all these things, that's like 10, 15 <laughs> words per meal that you missed out on. I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, we know for next time, right? That's right. <laughs> So you did try to write a book. What, I did. Do you have any tips for people? Ooh. Well, um, whenever you have can't, say cannot. Um, whenever, whenever you say don't, say do not. Um, be as descriptive as possible. Uh, if you get out of the, you know, with 50,000, you pair it back down to 40,000 at the right. end. I think it still is a victory. Um, I would also suggest uh, if you're... Doing it for National Novel Writing Month, get ahead of the game right from the get-go. Try oh to get God. those first 10,000 words in Thanksgiving, in the first two days. that week is a killer, isn't it? Oh, Ugh. man. It was rough. <laughs> How many words did you end up writing? Uh, 35,000. I got close. And you're going to finish it, though, right? I am. I am planning on finishing it, though I haven't, <laughs> to be honest... I haven't even opened up the file and read through more than maybe the first two chapters since I, I wrote it, so... Um, I'm pretty horrified at what I might find once I open that file. Yeah, you just gotta just gotta do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I will. The best part that you find, I think, is the misspellings that aren't misspellings. Just using the wrong words drives me up the freaking wall. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't even, I don't even think I went through spell check because mm. I was doing most of this uh, during my lunch hour. Yeah, I yeah. scrolled away deep into like a dark abandoned portion of the building that I work in okay, and uh, just typed away as quickly as I could for like 90 minutes. Um, so I don't even think I went through spell check. I think it's going to be a complete disaster when I open that up. <laughs> well, you're going to have to make an ebook, right? When this is done? 
Absolutely. Oh, all right. Well, yeah. I would like a paper copy. The paper copy great. is pretty sweet. Yes. I don't think they give away the free paper copies as a prize a anymore because that was probably the only reason this podcast exists. <laughs> I think we, we need to find a friend whose hobby is bookbinding. <laughs> you know somebody's doing it. All right. So we're going to talk a little bit about this book. Let's okay. see. So, all right. All right. I did ask uh, last time my lovely wife, lovely wife, Laura, was on here, and I did ask her favorite character. That caught her off guard. So I did warn you this time. Do you have a you favorite did. character in oh, this Oh, well, um, <laughs> so it's probably uh, Sir Roland. Oh! Because, you know, he's the only one who has a title in this entire book, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Henry doesn't have a, a, you know, magical name. No, so, he doesn't. So You're the right. question is, is who knighted Sir Roland? Like, what did he do in the mm. past? To get his title. Maybe that's in the prequels. Oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, now I'm excited. It's not in the prequel. <laughs> but it might, so you know, he, sure. <laughs> maybe I could write another one where he gets a title. The Sir Roland spinoff. The Sir Roland <laughs> I didn't see Sir Roland coming, so that mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, though. I kind of... He's got a little mystery behind him, yeah. the fact that he's a sir. Yeah, you're right. I mean, nobody else. And he kind of lives in the woods inexplicably by himself, too. That's right. That was a little weird. And what? why would he betray? What What, what was he getting out of the I don't know. I don't know. He seemed totally content. I mean, there's got to be some deep, deeper, darker secret to Sir Roland. I like that. I like that theory. So, yeah, if you have theories right into the podcast, this might be the last episode of this season, but it's totally worth it. <laughs> Could be uh, Sir Roland fan fiction. Sir Roland... <laughs> That might work too. <laughs> I love yes, fan fiction would make me the happiest person in the world. That would be too much for me. Oh my god! <laughs> Did he have a long mustache? I pictured him as, you know what? This is a little derivative. I pictured him a little bit as a, uh, you know, um, Lord of the Rings guy. Oh, damn it, Gandalf. Uh, yeah, Gandalf. Okay. I'm sorry. We were talking earlier about uh, Shannara books, and you know, how see, I, I pictured so. him more like. Just the kind of like a... A little more close-cropped? A little more like 18th century. Oh, You know, very yeah, okay. long, bushy mustache. That I like that curls better. at the end, yeah. but a, a bare chin. Yeah, I guess this book doesn't have a lot of, like, flowing capes and stuff in it. <laughs> there are capes, I guess, but <laughs> more of a traveling cape. Mm-hmm. Like an 1800s kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that did catch me a little off guard. <laughs> So I thought for today, um, we would both maybe go back and just read our favorite sections of the book. I don't know how many pages you planned on reading. No, I don't know either. I mean, I oh. <laughs> you just tell me when to stop. <laughs> All right. So you were looking at chapter two, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. So, so chapter two has a special significance to me uh, because I understand the setting <laughs> Chapter two, so maybe I can read a little bit. And how could that possibly be? Well, so for your (laughs) viewers and listeners in the live studio audience here, yes, yes, um, Jeff and I have known each other for a dozen years. I think it's close to that. Yeah, and we met because we worked in the same office, and um, that office is shockingly similar (laughs) to the the office in chapter two. Weird. Yes. It's like I had only worked in like 
three offices in my life, so I chose one. <laughs> <laughs> the timing is right, I think. 2011, I think, is when you said you wrote this? So yeah, yeah, that makes sense. To... I would have been... I don't know where I worked then. NASA, I don't know. doesn't matter. I shouldn't say that, I guess, right? Anyway. <laughs> Similar, yeah. I'd, it was definitely based on that building. So, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, I thought if you wanted to do just a couple pages here... Okay. Uh, we can... We can go ahead and get started in just a second. All right, so for today's little short couple of readings, uh, what are you drinking today, Glenn? What are we I am here? drinking a Guinness out yes. of the bottle. Yes, I am as well. Are you supposed to drink these out of bottles, or is this the kind you're supposed to pour? I don't think it matters. Okay. <laughs> I can never tell. I thought there used to be one with like a plastic thingy in there. Yeah, there is. Uh, that's the cans. Is that the cans? Yeah, the cans have... Uh, gotcha. What does that plastic thing even do? I don't know. It's a gimmick, obviously. It's a gimmick. Clearly. It's like yeah. putting worms in your tequila. Very good. Well, so today uh, you are going to be starting chapter two. Reading chapter two, right? That's Correct. right. I'll start. I'd like to do the first. If uh, you have page the ebook, which nobody does, that's chapter three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, chapter two. Good. Henry stared at the terminal on his desk. His workday was nearly over, and he could feel the last bits of productivity slipping away. He threw his head back and rubbed his eyes. Seven hours of staring at computer code were taking its toll as usual. He casually turned to glance at his office mate's monitor, seeing that his day had degraded into watching online videos. Henry returned to his terminal and stared blankly at the code in front of him. He always wondered if he should be more productive at work, but weekly status meetings often seemed to result in a mild, great work from his manager. Now, now I'm, I'm going to stop right there. So, first have to have of all, aside right what there? drove a man who... As we later find out, was one of the greatest warrior mages uh -huh. in the magical world to take a desk job where he sits in front of a computer for eight hours a day. I think he code. really enjoys databases. I think that's clearly what's going on here. <laughs> and how come he doesn't take that database? Well, he did sort of in the uh, controls problem with the uh, ancient artifacts. That's right. That's right. Now, maybe in, in future books, he can take some of that coding logic and apply it into oh, you know, okay. yeah. like a, maybe a wooden steam computer or something. <laughs> like so it's clearly he right, gave right. up everything cool in the world to sit at an office job. Yeah, I see what you mean. He must really love it. Well, we'll have to see in the prequels. I bet the prequels explain it. They I, don't, I but I... I, I... <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna get me with the prequels time. are the worst tease. <laughs> All right. What's the big plan for tonight, Rich? Henry asked the young man behind him. As both were in their late 20s, they made both great and terrible office mates in terms of teamwork and productivity, respectively. It's a lot of both in the same sense. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? That new television isn't going to watch itself, Rich replied, referring to his latest high-tech purchase. And you? I got nothing. Dinner and sleep, that's it, Henry responded truthfully. Not browsing the dating sites? That one came a little out of nowhere, I gotta say. <laughs> they must have an office by themselves. Now, when we had an office, there were four of us in yeah, the office. Yeah, yeah. Right? But these guys clearly are sitting 
together alone for eight hours a day. It seems like it. It must have been further down the hall from ours. (laughs) (laughs) No, Henry's least favorite topic was discussing his dating, or complete lack thereof. His married co-workers occasionally gave him crap. As long as anyone had known him at the office, he had not once had a successful date. Henry was fit, and not altogether unattractive, if a little short, but he showed little interest in pursuing women. When people inquired, he waved them off, not wanting to discuss the past. Aww. (laughs) Rich laughed as a video continued playing on his screen, so Henry returned to the last hour of zoning out for the workday. Suddenly, the phone rang. I'm sorry. Suddenly, the phone on his desk rang. He leaned forward to read the caller ID. The number meant nothing to him, so he returned to his slouching. Ten minutes later, as Henry absentmindedly played with his watch, the phone rang again. He leaned forward, read the name on the caller ID, and picked up the handset. Henry McCallum, Henry stated. Henry, it's Eileen. There's someone here to see you up front, the receptionist said. Uh, okay, I'll be down in a sec, Henry stated before hanging up. So he didn't recognize the number of the lady who actually works at the office I who takes the door? I think the first number, the first call, was probably from Aaron's cell phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. Although All it was right. 2011. I, I, did the kids have cell phones back in 2011? Mm. Right in if you had a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> and you were you remember kid. seven years ago what your cell phone was like. I think iPhones were even on seven years ago, right? It might have been. Yeah. I think we're on right. the 10, right? Uh. So, What's that about, Rich asked, tearing himself away from a video featuring a kitten? (laughs) Don't know. Eileen said there's someone up front to see me. Do I sound appropriately depressed for an office life? Who? I guess I'll find out, Henry smiled as he stood up. The lobby was just a two-minute walk from Henry's office (laughs) in the single-story building behind one of the securely locked doors. He passed other co-workers in the hall with minimal greetings as he worked his way towards his mystery visitor. Two minutes. So, <laughs> so we, just so happened, we shared an office together sure. uh, 12 years ago. Uh, it was a single-story office building. Yes. Um, it was a secure facility. That's true. Um, and it had a receptionist named Irene. <laughs> So yes, I don't felt, think I was being very imaginative at this not part. Day, not, <laughs> not that, that day. Not that day. Later on in the book, sure, you know, yeah, yeah. with names like, I don't know, Janie and yeah, things of yeah, that nature. I'm great you know, with names, yeah. Is, is there any ethnicities in... <laughs> no, it's none. <laughs> I don't think there's any in this In the book. magic world. Yeah, <laughs> Frederick, Philip. I mean, Margot's probably the closest you get to... It I, has an X in the name, so yes. it's exotic. Yes. I think... That the, I did point out on one episode that these are the the whitest white boy names I've ever come yeah. up with. It is a little hard to read. <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, it's not going to get better. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't have. You're an only missing for like it. the great mage Chad. <laughs> that would be the best addition to this. <laughs> Very nice. So that is a drinking break. Hmm. <laughs> Ooh, I do like a nice Guinness. All right. Well, you did suggest, I think we should just do it now and figure out how big this office was if it was a two-minute walk. <laughs> two, yeah, so two-minute walk. So, I mean, an average person, whew, two minutes. Two minutes in a, hor- 
a straight single story office building. That's got to be like. So you're doing like what do you get? Uh, so you're going four miles an hour, right? Oh, we're doing math. This is the prime of podcasting right here. <laughs> Everybody loves math. <laughs> Two minutes, right? Uh-huh. And then we're gonna do. Do you remember dimensional analysis? No. <laughs> One hour over sixty. Oh minutes. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Times. See, I never knew we'll the say, fancy terms for these. Two things. Two miles an hour. So how fast are you going to walk? Probably I mean, if you're sad at work. Yeah, you're in a depressing office building. We'll do one and a half. We'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Say uh-huh. he's real bummed today. So miles per hour, right? Per hour. And then we'll say there's 5,280 feet in a mile. For all you foreigners who don't know what a mile is, get with the program. All right, let's see here. So we have, oh, 62 all right, two divided by 60 uh, times 1.5. This isn't just exciting, right? Times, oh boy, this is going to be a humongous building. 5,280 feet. Two, 264 feet? Yeah, it doesn't seem that long. No, okay. Well, one and a half miles per hour is pretty slow, though. So apparently he walked a football field effectively. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, that's about right. Okay, that's a pretty big-ass building. That's a big building. Yeah, Yeah. we did not work in that building. (laughs) I would expect he would pass at least a few co-workers. Yeah, he'd have to. Over a football field. I wonder how far the bathrooms are. You know what, though? After they have their little problem in the parking lot, he goes back in to get his keys. He does, yes. yes. So that's another two-minute walk back to well, his office. Let's say at that time he's getting a little excited, so he's shuffling a little faster. All right, well let's three, double it up. So he it's like a one-minute walk there, but then another minute walk back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that is some piss-poor response time from the authorities. <laughs> <laughs> Very impressive. Well, thank you for reading. Of course, that my phenomenal section. Well, I thought for my little short reading, I'm just going to do a page and a half. This was my favorite part of the book. I remember, You know on uh, the National Novel Writing Month, you could put a section in? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I used part of this, I think. So it features three of our main characters. I always said there were four, but as you pointed out, Stephen... Eh. <laughs> yeah, he's, got, he's got some... What are Stephen's goals in life? What? How does he feel about the balancing stone? He seems a little bit of a simpleton in this yeah. book. I described him as is basically he's he's the hunky guy. Yeah, but he's got no personality, so he's yeah. kind of like Putty from Seinfeld. I think that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. You don't have any. By the end of the book, you're not like have any particular love for him. It's not like he. Oh, he's great. Oh no, Stephen <laughs> is in trouble. <laughs> he probably could have died. Nobody would have cared. <laughs> All right, so we are going to read from, let's see, chapter 6, I think I said it was. Yes, okay, and I'm going to start a little bit in the center. All right, so this is after Margot rescues Aaron from the scary mud monsters. (laughs) So, let's start. Will Henry be all right, Aaron asked, walking over to the woman. He'll be fine. He always is, she replied unconvincingly. Oh, that's probably not good. He'll be fine. He always is, she replied unconvincingly. Is that better? Much. Okay. He's one of the most powerful mages in the world. (laughs) 
Wow. And he's sitting, yeah. sitting in the world of science, coding at a shit job. Oh, you know job. what? I was going to ask you. So he's sitting at a terminal. So I was picturing like a green like computer monitor. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know anybody calling like a modern computer. I, you a would terminal. call a modern computer a terminal. <laughs> so I picture really him just there. at like this green like looks like it's from the stock market in the sixties or whatever. <laughs> it's got punch cards yes. and shit. But then Rich is using just watching YouTube. Is he on? A, a, is he also on a terminal? He's still on a green screen He's watching green YouTube screen. videos too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, the terminal kind of caught me off guard when you said that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even. That wasn't even registered. <laughs> what do we do now? Aaron asked. We just have to sit and we just have to wait. He'll come soon, Margot said, rubbing her hands together nervously. Oh, I think she likes him still. I think so. <laughs> it was clear to Aaron that the other woman was concerned for Henry's safety, like herself. But Aaron recognized that Margot's feelings went deeper than Aaron's. While she wanted to venture into conversation, she knew that the mage would be best left alone. For a while, she paced around the area where they where the waited, <laughs> examining the pond and watching the small fish flutter through the water. <laughs> it's like they're birds. And peering deeper into the pleasant-smelling trees, trying to find anything of interest. In the end, she walked over to sit next to Margot on the log and wait. When she did so, Margot had started eating an apple from a sack that Erin guessed had been previously hidden in her cloak. Ugh, that was a rough sentence. Margot offered her an apple, and the two began their silent vigil. Hours later. <laughs> this sounds really dull. Silence for hours. <laughs> yeah, you could probably could have put some like character development. There's in, a, there. if, in the movie version, there's a time lapse. Yeah, yeah. it would be twilight class. now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. Hours later, the two heard footsteps in the woods. Margot stood first, and Erin noted that she swept her right hand through the air in front of her, though there seemed to be no effect. See, that was probably magic. Yeah. She turned back to Erin, who had remained seated on the ground, now with he back against the log. <laughs> this is rife with typos. This log gets more <laughs> airtime than most characters. Yes, I think so. <laughs> I should have named it. And raised a finger to her lips to signify silence. A figure appeared in the woods, walking towards the two women. As the figure grew closer, it stopped, glance- it stopped glancing to both sides. As the figure grew closer, it stopped glancing to both sides. Okay. Should be a comma there? I don't know. Stopped, comma, glancing, glancing to both, both sides? Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. I think we're going to call that a typo. So we're up to three in this half a page. <laughs> Your favorite page of all the pages. Yeah, that's great. Three this is so well written. <laughs> As he emerged from the woods, oh, oh, sorry. As figure, it stopped glancing to both sides. We're on page thirty-five. Okay, right at the top. As he emerged from the woods, Margot leapt over the log and ran towards Henry, smiling. See that log another time. Aaron laughed when Henry's face revealed his own surprise as Margot threw herself into him, wrapping her arms around him. The scene was quite touching as Henry held the slim, black-haired woman, closing his eyes and smiling. Margot pulled away from Henry and surprised even Aaron. As Henry opened his eyes, he was greeted by Margot's right hand, striking his cheek. The slap was so loud that even Aaron winced as it hit him. What the hell, Aaron? Uh, Henry exclaimed. 
rubbing his face. What were you thinking going there? Margot shouted directly into his face. How was I supposed to know? Nobody said anything to me, he yelled back. I'm not yelling because... Because the lovely wife is upstairs trying to watch a football game and probably getting disappointed as we speak. All right, sorry, sorry, a little aside. How was I supposed to know? Nobody said anything to me, he yelled back. Oh, don't you blame me for that idiocy. You're not my responsibility. Henry stared fuming at Margot, and she returned his angry stare. Stare (laughs) twice in the same sentence, great. Aaron wondered how much longer the two would continue this fight when Margot simply spun around and marched back to the log to sit down. Aaron walked over to Henry, and the mage smiled kindly at her. Are you okay, he asked. Yeah, I'm fine, just shaken up, she responded. I'll stop there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That was a lot of typos. I guess I probably should have proofread that a little bit more. (laughs) No time. I always liked that section because it showed uh, how badly Margot and Henry work together. So, yeah. And there's a little bit of... A little bit of fighting. It's a little love-hate. Yeah, a little physical abuse in this relationship. (laughs) Just a bit. (laughs) He recovered from it very quickly. He did. He's probably a That's because they're in love. Aww. (laughs) Hmm. So, I think that's all we're going to read for you people today. Just a little... If you have a favorite section of the book, write in with some page numbers, which would imply you bought the book, so... Good luck with that. (laughs) But regardless, I think that wraps it up for reading today. So, uh, okay, yeah, that's it. (laughs) So, I understand you prepared some questions for the author. Yes, so as (laughs) an avid reader of this book, there were certainly some questions I had coming out that hopefully will be addressed in the prequels. Apparently, most of them will not be, based on your statements previously. But uh, here were some, maybe some clarifying questions, some add-ons okay. that I have. Yes, let's do this. Um, what exactly does the balancing stone do? Uh, it balances the light and the dark. Okay, so then why do the magistrates <laughs> want it? No, uh, well, okay, so that is not explained in the book in the slightest. And I think parts of the book implies that it's not of particular importance since they weren't even guarding it. <laughs> it's just chilling out in a garden and just checking it out. That was one of my favorite. Oh, so you haven't listened to the podcast up to that point, right? Uh, I'm through chapter 17. Okay. I confess I'm a, a. So they haven't got to the garden where the stone is, right? Right. Oh, boy. Uh. Okay, so they find it. I, I, you just got to love this part. Um, so they get the dark out of this garden. Mm-hmm. They find it. Um, they're like, uh, do you think we can fix the blah, 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 blah. Let's see here. Um, okay, so they take the dark side of the balancing stone out of this container is in. And then wait, Stephen said, before Aaron could turn to leave. He walked to a table and picked up a small black object that he couldn't identify. Walking back to the pedestal, he placed it in the clips and replaced the glass dome. Clever, Aaron smiled and grabbed his arm, pulling him towards another elevated path, leading to the to an exit across the room. Did it have an exit sign, like all the doors there? Probably. That's some, <laughs> yeah, yeah, accessibility requirements. <laughs> My favorite part was that... They escaped via the handicap yes. wrap. 
I just like that he picked up. I didn't even bother to describe what he was putting in there. It's not like a lump of like a branch or something or a no. lump of coal. No, it's a small black object that he mm-hmm. put in its place. Just an object. <laughs> yeah, no alarms go Could off. Could be an iPhone. Just, just, just lying there. He's like, oh, this will be fine. Yeah, then they take it and leave. So I don't. You know what? There probably should have been something explaining what the hell it does. Even that letter would have been a good spot to just throw in, this is what the balancing stone does, mm-hmm. and you have half of it. Nope. But nope, nope. There's no mention of it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, <laughs> well, thanks for answering that question. <laughs> what are the goals of the magistrates? I think they are... Like, uh, what do you want to think of them as? They're just power-hungry nuts. So they're just... They just rule with an iron fist. So no other explanation. Except they allow guided tours through the palace at the end. It seemed like there were sightseers all over the place. There may have been... Yeah, well, you could take a tour of the White House. Right? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) So I think... I don't... uh, they're, They're... I think they're implied to be jerks running, you know, and okay. they're supposed to be, what do I want to say, um, I think that one of the prequels actually points out that they're like a, maybe it's a sequel, I don't know. So there's a prequel and a sequel to this oh, book. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. Just, <laughs> one of them points out that they're just kind of like um, arrogant, like people who can use magic should rule over everybody for okay. sure. Yeah. They're like the, the Lucius Malfoys of yeah. the magical world. You got it. Yeah. Gotcha. Stole okay. a little Harry Potter for this book, I think. <laughs> Not real deep beyond that, so... Okay. They just seem to be a government, that's all. So, uh, my next question. So, there's the balancing stone. Yeah. Uh, We have a magic mirror at some point. Yeah. What other magical items are in this world? Well, sandwiches. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Self-heating stew pots, perhaps. Let me think. So, I don't know... So yeah, is there? There's nothing else mentioned in this book. Literally nothing. Else. Doesn't um, Roland have a staff? Does he carry something around uh, with him? Or it a walking is not stick? described as magical, though. It mm, is, good point. Good point. He, yeah, he might just he have a limb. Specifically, just uses it as a blunt weapon, and that's it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, okay. Yeah, we have the mirror or lens or whatever that Margot mm-hmm. had. Uh, nope. I can't think of anything else in the world. Can you make one up on the fly? <laughs> Let's see. Well, I'm sure there's got to be some more, like, rocks hidden away in that palace, right? Like the Balancing Stone, right? They'd have, like, the <laughs> other various rocks well, one and thing minerals I'll say, that are like, magical. I, absolutely. No. <laughs> one thing I will say is the concept of this, this, you know, the world of magic, right? You would think it's it's... In a way, obviously it fails, but it's supposed to be like, well, you're not really going without things they have in the world of science so there'd be a lot of magical things like uh i don't know magic uh, razors or something like so you could shave your face and it doesn't except it's or... described that the mages are a relatively smaller portion of the population that's true that's true so i mean we gotta have your regular guys you know you still gotta have people to do drywall you know somebody who does magic's not gonna want to do that <laughs> <laughs> I don't have Fair a. I, I would assume there are more magical items. So, I think in the prequel, which has an equally dull plot line, mm-hmm. <laughs> there is another magic relic in that one. Okay, it, that one's a relic, I think, and they don't. It's okay. it, it's described as poorly as anything in this book. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my last question: What is the goal? What are the goals of the resistance? Ah, 
I, you know, I think, because people like Stephen, because, well, you haven't ended the book, so I don't know if you, I should well, give a spoiler. Well, I, I, I have read it, so <laughs> I do remember that Stephen is royalty. Yes, yes. So However, think, they weren't really aware of Stephen even existing. You're right. So that couldn't be their goal. That's a good point. So I guess just to overthrow the magistrates, but that, uh, you know what, I think, let's think of it a little more on terms of like, follow me on this one, Okay, right? A little closer to like Firefly, like the outer planets mm. didn't want anything mm-hmm. to do with like the core planets, right? Weren't they the, what, the independents? Is that what they were called? Uh, the brown coats. Brown coats, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think maybe like, hey, get out of this farmland where we live. We don't need your stinking troops and so stuff they, So they didn't care that they owned the, the main city. They just wanted them out of the outskirts. I guess. I think, Pete, you could imply if they knew they caused the blight with that rock, you know, then people would be a little pissed, too, at them. But did they cause the blight? I Good mean, question. The stone was, wasn't was wasn't them that separated the stone, right? <laughs> That's true. That's true. It was, it was uh, Aaron Well, I think they were implying up. they were... Okay, so let's go on this tangent. Maybe... Aaron's aunt and her pals, you uh-huh. know, at the Temple of Colors, another fantastic name in the book. They probably ran away with the whole split in half. And this mm-hmm. lady will go this way, and this lady will go this way. And they caught one of them. So they had the dark half of it. But why did it matter to even get it out of their hands in the first place? I don't know. I don't think that's explained. Well, oh, I remember. There is one other magical item, which is the extractor. <laughs> that's right. The, the extractor. extractor is your Yes, but no item, more. That's which is an anymore. ancient relic that nobody knows how, how it's They can't made. make it work right. Yes. Uh, I do have maybe one other question. Oh, can't I wait. mentioned can't wait. a Sir Roland spinoff. I'm hoping that there'll be a, <laughs> a Frederick spinoff as well. Frederick was the surprise hit of this podcast. Because yes. I honestly thought, I mean, I think, what, episode... Five. I he was, was like, very relatable. Yeah, you know, he's uh, he's middle management. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. not very good at his job, but you know, he's okay. Probably he gets really defensive when someone who's better than him shows up. Yeah, I, I can understand yeah. that. He was like, uh, yeah, I had the over under of him at like two and a half appearances in the book, <laughs> and it turned out to be like every other chapter. <laughs> he just kept showing up. Yeah, he was. He was probably. I don't know that he was even that. Evil, maybe, man, maybe. He was a little power. He wanted to move up the ladder, the bureaucracy, yeah, he's, bureaucracy he's ladder. I think that was what he egotistical, was Egotistical, perhaps. Yeah. What about evil? No, I don't think that's it. Yeah. He would have worked for whoever. I think that's... So, yeah, I mean, he's kind of he's kind of the Boba Fett of... <laughs> like, you bring it back to Star Wars. He's you the Boba so? Fett of bringing balance, right? He just kind of shows up, swoops in. He's kind of a menace, and then he's... he's they I don't know. Him. Boba Fett was a contractor. You know what I mean? <laughs> Frederick's more of a direct employee okay, situation. Yeah. <laughs> right? True. Yeah. True. So I don't know. Maybe would... Sir Roland's more of the Boba Fett then. He was kind of a contractor. Yeah. Yeah. I would say Sir Roland is your yeah best bet. At he's more of your Lando, really. You think so? Well, he's befriends him. He's they got a past, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. You know, Henry you. doesn't really trust him all that well, and yeah. becomes justified. Yeah, except he doesn't come at the back at the end and blow up the palace. Right. Instead, he dies. Instead, he dies. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I think that hits that's spot on with the Lando. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I think after that, why don't we hit some trivia Ooh. about the book? Okay. All right. I'm going to need a drink. Uh, Drinking break. All right, this, we're going to have eight questions. I'm empty. 
I am too. Do you want to? Nope. The magic Let's of pausing. All right. Eight questions. This is gonna be real easy. All right. No mm-hmm. looking. No cheating. Shit. No looking at these questions. I think I'm gonna start you off nice and easy here. Okay. All right. All right. First question. What was the name of the world in which the story takes place? <laughs> the world of magic. <laughs> or well, based on the back of the book, there's. A reluctant magician searching for answers in magical world. In magical world. <laughs> so we would have accepted that, too. I think uh, the funniest thing was when you texted me and asked if that was going to be a uh, Control-F just yes. to replace I thought that from. might be like you were going to wait until the end to kind of come up with the name and you were just going to I honestly all. had... Well, that was a little audio glitch, but we're back here. Yeah, so... I never had another name for World of Magic. That's was... a shame. <laughs> I wasn't too good with the names anyway, so... Well, that's true. <laughs> Probably would have named it uh, the World of Richard. Or yeah, something yeah. Along those it lines. would have been something that, yeah, had, like you said, no ethnicity associated <laughs> with it whatsoever. <laughs> Benson's oh. World. I think on this book I even tried to make a list of characters and names of them and stuff, and... I don't know if I ever consulted it because mm. seriously, this is what happens when you do that. <laughs> it's my prep work. Ugh. All right, second so one for one, one for one. All right, second question: What food did Henry cook with magic? Oh, <laughs> uh, that would be pancakes. Oh snap! He gets it. Yes, yep. it was at Janie's house. Either. Yes, because they have no concept of like stoves. <laughs> In the world of magic, everything is on the hearth. Yes. Which is why there's so much freaking stew. So much stew. So he, being from the world of science, I'm surprised he even had a frying pan for him or a griddle for him to even work with. I know what you mean. He might have just been cooking at the bottom of a pot. (laughs) Or a pan. Or a pan. (laughs) The one pan they have to cook turkey in. (laughs) Okay, question three. Can name two of the three towns or cities that have a name in the book. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, I had to look one up. I didn't know one of them. Uh, so one is like Alistair or something like that. The main one, the capital city thing. Uh, I, I'm drawing a blank. All right. We would have accepted Eliath. Eliath. That's yes. what it was. I knew it was with an A. Then there was Sandhill. That was the place they came to first. Okay. And then Delaton. Delaton. I get the feeling with that one, Sounds I might like have been Italian looking at the restaurant. De- I was going to say, I think I saw the delete key on the keyboard and just <laughs> added O-N to the end of it. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. So we got a, you're two, two for, for three. three. Not bad. All right. Uh, what kind of bird was the talking bird? <laughs> An erudite falcon. Oh my god, you got it. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs> I kind of picture them being small. Aren't falcons big? Falcons are big, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it could have been an erudite sparrow. And that would have been better, fit more with, yeah. with kind of how you were describing them. I think so. Next no, I don't think three sparrows attacking a... Was a mage ch- would have been much of a threat. No, probably not. Well, they could have been insulting him while they did it. That would have probably hurt his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> he might have run away. <laughs> All right. Question five. What grade is Erin in? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I know she's 18 because you, you've talked many times about uh, her underage drinking. <laughs> That's true. Um, so I'm going to go senior in high school? She is a senior in high school. It's mentioned once at the beginning. 
And actually, I think the end of the podcast, I do point out, she ties up some loose ends and comes back to the world of magic. And I'm like, how do you tie up loose ends? And it's, in, it's implied... Finals, it's, I guess? It's implied it's winner, though. So it was like, <laughs> what, did she just drop out of high school? So, you know, sure. that's not cool. Yeah. Transferred. Transferred <laughs> to magic high school. <laughs> world of magic. It probably guys. would be the name of the school, is my guess. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. This is going to be a hard one for six. So you're, you've only got one wrong. So you're okay. four for five. Six is going to be bad. Lara was baffled by this. What are the names of Margot's siblings? Okay, so there's Philip. That's right. There is Philip. And then she has a sister. That's right. I, I feel like the sister's name wasn't so vanilla either. Yeah. But it was a fairly That's decent true. name. A little better. Which is going to make it hard for me. To <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, Janelle. Janelle. Yes. Spelt with an O. Jonelle. Jonelle? Yeah, like Jonelle. Okay. Yeah. They sound, but they all sound They're a little all French. French. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, well, they get the La Fleur, so. Yes. I, I tied everything in together. So there's a France in the world of magic. Apparently. Apparently. Although everybody speaks English, so I don't know. <laughs> Which is another thing that's never mentioned. I guess they speak English, so. <laughs> Does that count as half a point then? Yeah, I'll give you a half. All right, so you're at... Okay. Yeah. Okay, all right. All right, question seven. What do you think of stew? Hmm. <laughs> well, so uh, for... So we just had Christmas break. Oh, yeah? I did have Irish stew for dinner. All right. And lunch. That sounds good. Uh, oh, it was pretty good. Um, I'm... You know, I, it's got to be a good stew for me to be on board with stew. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm good with stew. Okay, all right. We'll accept that. A moderate, uh, a tepid answer. Yes, it is. (laughs) Yes, the answer we were looking for specifically was if I have to. (laughs) (laughs) But I'll take it. I'll take it. We're going to say that's correct. Okay, and question eight, last one. What is Henry's profession? It was specifically stated Uh, on his business card. (laughs) Oh, God. <laughs> On his business card? Uh, was it programmer? It was database specialist. Oh god, database specialist. <laughs> <Are you> serious? <laughs> you made a main character of a fantasy novel a database, database specialist? Database specialist, yes. <laughs> That's pathetic. <laughs> yes. And he foregoed all that magical yeah, living. Yeah, you know what? Magical pancakes. <laughs> he just got so sick of stew. He was like, "I'd rather sit in front of a screen for eight hours." Yeah, being a database specialist. Yeah, he just loves queries. It's just the most fun <laughs> thing to do in the world. Yeah, surprised he wasn't a diviner in the, uh, in the world of magics. Yeah, he's like, let, "Let me search." He's making the magical yeah. version of. He Google. just snaps his fingers, and yeah, the right answer shows up on a screen. He never does any work. He'll just be like, "Here's my demo." Hey! <laughs> Database specialist. Really? That's oddly specific. Yes. Yes. It okay. is bad. So, I think when I was uh, when I was in college, there was uh, I worked at some office job, and there was a there was a guy there who had previous. It was a uh, they had a database, whatever, and he was the database maintainer i don't know mm-hmm. maybe specialist was his title but he was previously a fireman so he was like this 
he was maybe six five, six six, muscled guy, bald head, like in his, I don't know, mid twenties. And he's, they're like, why aren't you like still a firefighter? And he goes, because one day I woke up and said, I want to be the best damn database analyst I can be. <laughs> hey man, if you got goals, you just go for them. <laughs> so yeah, I think he was trying to look like a, I don't know, maybe he was trying to make him look lame or something or. Database specialist. Well, is mission dull. accomplished. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so that is everything we had planned for our retrospective. Yeah. Well, thank you for having me on. I, I greatly appreciate oh, yeah. the yeah. opportunity, and I can't wait to read both the prequel and sequel to this wonderful book. Well, I think to we're going to do another season of this podcast. So, write in with what you'd rather hear: the prequel or sequel. Oh. They'll both answer almost no questions. <laughs> but uh, I, if you know, if I do hear, I will actually go ahead and edit it and make an ebook out Are of it. You sure, you want to edit it? Okay, so I think I will edit it at the same level that I edited this okay. book. Yeah, I'm not spending a month or paying someone to read it. I mean, it's a week and a half, you know, for 20 minutes a day. I'll do a chapter tonight and just correct spelling, and most of it is. You gotta like. I had to change all the quote signs. It was, they didn't come out right when they published. It, oh, so stupid! Like I said, I don't know what I'm doing with books. So <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, so we'll be back after a little break. We'll keep everybody up to date. I also talked about reading that I wrote. I did do four national novel writing months, mm-hmm. and one of them is about adult co-ed soccer, and it is. Horrific. So that could be like interspersed. We could do like in a couple weeks, I could just read a chapter of that just to horrify people. <laughs> I would tune in for that one. <laughs> Your live studio audience might go away. Yeah, they're probably night. not going to stick around for that. You know, it's a, it's a exciting fantasy podcast mm. and adding the real world into it's probably not going to be any good. <laughs> So, I think that wraps it up for episode 22. If you want to get in contact with me, uh, you can find me, you can go to my website at jeffreadsbook.com and you'll find there, you can find my email address. It's uh, jba at sdf.org. You can find me on Twitter at Fortran Jeff. That's the only place somebody has, quote, found me. And then if you're a real dork, you can always use Mastodon and find me at jba at mastodon.sdf.org. So that is the end of this season. If you've really enjoyed this book, make sure you go and buy a copy. It's all there on my website, and you can get a nice copy from Amazon. The print copy is pretty sweet, I think. Oh, yeah. Although you won't get the typo on the back cover. What? That's been corrected. (laughs) But you'll get all the typos that are in the book. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? If you mail it to me, I'll sign it for free. All right? (laughs) But anyway, until next time, keep on reading. 